Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Corngut. I am a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Usually, on this podcast, we discuss horror movies that never got made, that never saw the light of day. Well, every once in a while, we like to switch up gears. Today, we are talking about a movie that did, in fact, get made with the filmmakers who made it. We are talking with Emily Bennett and Justin Brooks about their metaphysical nightmare of a movie, Alone With You. Hi, Emily and Justin. How's it going today? Hi, Josh. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited to have you guys here. I was wondering, could you guys introduce yourself to the Development Hell audience? Sure. Um, I'm Emily Bennett. I'm the co-writer, co-director, and lead of Alone With You. Cool. And Justin, who are you? Justin Brooks. I'm the co-writer, co-director of Alone With You, and cinematographer, and I guess one of the editors. They they work on lots of cool things that you may know of. I was stalking them online earlier today, and it looks like Justin has some experience in the world of reality TV. <laughs> Would you say that that's true? I've I've got quite a lot of experience in reality TV. Yeah, <laughs> Emily, have you ever sort of dipped your toes into the world of reality TV? Only from my couch. Honestly, I'm a big fan of watching reality TV, but I've never worked in it. I hear a lot of stories, though. (laughs) Um, My very first internship ever was on Big Brother Canada as a PA. It was, uh, 
it was very difficult. So I, I look up to these people. I'll tell you, you know, <laughs> it takes me around the world, so I can't complain too much. It's a, it's a great time to be able to visit those places. To travel yeah. in any capacity is just, that's the fantasy, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as long as it's somewhere that is warmer than where I am. Yeah, usually I get to go to, usually it's it's some African country or India or whatnot. I'm headed to Colombia next week. So I, I get to escape the, the cold usually. Yeah, and I get to stay in the snow and tundra <laughs> of upstate New York. So uh, yeah, feeling oh. some Canada vibes up here. I don't know what your personal dynamic is. Are you guys just um, professional collaborators? Are you friends? Can I ask? We are going to be married. Yeah, we're yeah. engaged. So we're engaged. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I actually moved in with Justin right before lockdown. And then we made two short films together, a feature film, moved several times during COVID. <laughs> and then for some reason, he asked me to marry him. So <laughs> like weathered it pretty well, I think. Yeah, now you know you're going to last. If you can survive making yeah. a couple of movies together, this is the real deal. Truth. We figured it, figured it out. I want to talk about some of these short films soon because I'm a big fan of Bed, which I caught in its very oh, buzzy God. festival run. I am a huge fan of existential no escape horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking Cube, Dead End, yeah. and yeah. now Alone with You. And yeah. I was wondering, do you guys have a favorite type of horror or a favorite subgenre? Yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of sci-fi horror. A good and actually, when you mention Cube, my ears perk up for sure. I love the I, I'm I actually love the entire Cube series, like oh. Hypercube, Cube Zero. I was I was yes. all for it. It was so much fun, and it was That's like awesome. I remember when I first saw Cube, all I could think, and this is, I think before I was even, I I knew what to do with my filmmakery kind of brain is all I could think is like how brilliant a like an indie mind that was like because it it was such a Mm -hmm. big story in such a small space and that Mm. was so cool at the time but uh yeah sci-fi horror has always been a go-to for me for sure I love I mean Alien has always been on the top of all my lists I think Event Horizon is just such a cool film like Mm-hmm. There, there's so much in that space that I've loved. Sphere. Oh, I love Sphere. Sci-fi horror that is always just extra scary for some reason. I think it's funny because yeah. it actually has that very contained feel to it. It's always kind yes. of a bit of a haunted house, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's usually in in a spaceship or a base or like some sort of yeah. But you're in blackness, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, feels very expansive because space is infinite, apparently, even though it's still expanding, which I don't understand. <laughs> yuck, but, um, yuck, yuck. <laughs> but you're still so claustrophobic because you yeah. have to be contained within something. So it's, yeah, that's a good answer. Okay. Yeah, I love, I'm, uh-huh. I'm such a sucker for like world building as well. Like if I have the opportunity to just kind of make my own space and just go, go, you know, nuts with it, I, I love it. I think mm-hmm. that's so fun. Oh, I'd love to see Charlie in space. But um, <laughs> Emily, I was wondering, That's what about you? <laughs> what about me? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's going to sound maybe a little boring, but I love a good haunted house. like, mm. I, Or, or oh, I love yeah. a good contained, like just a mm-hmm. horror film that takes place. Like Your Next is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also like The Haunting of Hill House, um, The Innocence. Oh um, my God. Good, uh, good titles. Olsen? Olsen. Oh, thank you. Silent. Oh, Silent House. Silent House. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Like all of those. And I know they, those are like genre, those kind of jump amongst the subgenre. But I, I yeah. do love, God, there's such an art to taking an old house with like nooks and crannies and ways that like an actual house and just making some fucked up horror yeah. happen. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's just, it's such a classic and it's like, what are you going to do with this? Like you have a house, you can film something here. Go, like I, mm -hmm. I'm such a fan of like the innovation that happens in that. So. Yeah, it's amazing what can happen when you are given like a very specific structure all of a sudden creative yeah. doors just yeah. open up. I love that you brought up The Haunting of Hill House because while watching this, something I was thinking of, did you guys ever watch The Haunting of Bly Manor? Yes. Um, yeah. Part I of saw it, yeah. a bit of it, yeah. There's an episode near the end that has a very um, Alone With You vibe. And I, I hope that you revisit that series because it, it struck me mm -hmm. while watching. I think um, when we were like editing. And we, we were, couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't. We had yeah. no attention for <laughs> narrative. We were just yes. like, we have to figure out this film first. Oh, we totally have to revisit that then. Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely absolutely. recommend it. Yeah, I love, yeah. I mean, all that, that the kind of haunting stuff, it always, it's fun because we were talking not too long ago about like what, how a lot of this indie film, a lot of this kind of mirrors the idea of like black box theater and, mm -hmm. and using mm -hmm. the audience's own senses to kind of tell your story. And I think a lot of that is what's so cool about haunted house movies is because so much of it is auditory and like really letting the audience lean in and fill in the dark spaces themselves. You know, that's mm -hmm. like, such a cool aspect of that kind of why story. am i scared why am i scared just thinking about it i don't know <laughs> um I, this is more for emily but both for both of you do either of you have a background in theater absolutely i do um tell me yeah i am a big theater nerd yeah um like <laughs> my whole life so i was born and raised in charleston south carolina mm -hmm. um and i would go to the spoleto festival at the dock street theater ultimately i uh, just really fell in love with community theater and then went to boarding school for acting where i studied theater um at the south carolina governor school for the arts and humanities a lovely school and then i went to the royal academy of dramatic art in london for the three-year program heard I, of her uh, sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah um i mean my teachers, honestly, like, I love them so much, but they were like, Emily, you need a backup school. Like, they don't accept anybody. <laughs> and I was like, Rude. all right, well, whatever. Like, <laughs> then I really wanted to get in. And I, and I did like, I, it's still, I still can't believe I got into this wonderful school. And, um, I, yeah, I trained with like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Whoa. Tom Hiddleston was the year above me. I performed Shakespeare and I, you know, I, it was three years of, a lot of training and a lot of speaking in a British received pronunciation accent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I love theater. <laughs> I played Danny Zuko in my high school oh. musical. So same thing. Wow. Same thing. <laughs> Two thespians among us. Yes. When I was watching your performances, Charlie, I was thinking, yeah, I, I was really wondering if you had a background in theater, the way that you carry the film. It, I don't know. It was very impressive. It must be frightening to carry a film on your own and then to succeed that must feel really good at the end of the day i mean honestly people like the film isn't out in the world yet so i'm hoping i succeeded in the <laughs> in the eyes of many people but i <laughs> so appreciate you saying that yeah i mean theater and theater definitely 
prepared me for Charlie mm-hmm. because that that was a long run. I, honestly, though, I did not approach this film thinking that I am the lead and I have to carry this film because mm-hmm. I couldn't do that because then it's I would be too weight. scared. To yes, play I, I, I bet. Yes. Yeah. So honestly, my work in this film was just to for us to develop the relationships around Charlie and for us both to like pad me with like mm-hmm. clarif like just very clear relationships with every single other character in this film so that I didn't feel alone. <laughs> yeah. Ironic. Ironically, yeah, because you are alone in this film for so much, but there are these other characters that are so important and so interesting, and we'll get to them soon. Before we talk about bed, something that really struck me while listening, watching and listening to this film was the music. I immediately shazammed that Gracie and Rachel song, been listening yeah. to it. Um, how important was music to both of your creative processes? Oh, so that's, important. You yeah. you need to answer that. I mean, that that that's where I come from music first. I, I spent mm. my 20s touring in a band. That's how I, you know, that's how I made my living for years was just music. And so I like it's a huge part of my life. And I, I think in our storytelling for both of us, I mean, anytime Emily's writing whether it's with me or on her own, there's always there's always a a um, kind of a Spotify playlist uh, mm. in the background. You know, like there's everything we do is is supported by it. So it was mm-hmm. such an important part of the the puzzle and and something that we were so excited to find in um, in Phil Mossman uh, who mm-hmm. scored the film. Yeah, he. It, it was so fun being able to talk with him through that score because we really, um, Phil and I spoke very seldom about like the technical bits of, of music, but all three of us would really talk about like uh, the, the emotion of the scene and where we're going with the story and what is happening in the world. And Phil's just- And the relationships. Just, and yeah. The, the haunting mm-hmm. romance that we really wanted in that main theme. And he- uh, Justin can speak so technically and I can speak very emotionally. And I think mm. in that way, we <clears throat> we tend to be a really good team. And, yeah. um, you know, our crew who exists only in post in this and in, in Alone yeah. With You, um, I think they really enjoyed that collaboration because we do attack it from from um, complementary places. Um, and then Gracie and Rachel, I I never got to meet them before. We didn't get to meet them before we shot. And then I was lucky enough to, to meet the two of them. And they're just, I mean, that, that is the love song of Simone and Charlie. And And it took us a while. We went through, we went through a lot of music to find what really spoke to their, their tone and their love and that relationship. And, it sounded it was, like the ocean. It just yeah. Sucked. There was there was a lot to really kind of comb through, and and yeah, when when uh, Emily was the one to bring that Gracie and Rachel tune, and it was just Ugh. it's this it's got this wonderful haunting tone to it, but it's also just such a love letter. It's mm-hmm. a yeah. It's a, we were so lucky, and um, so we are so lucky to have them be a part of the film. And everyone sure. needs to find them and download their music. It's right so now. Yes. I, I agree. I had never heard of them. I shazam them the second I heard it and not to undermine your project, but the second that needle drop happened, that's sort of when I personally felt like there was a, something special with this film. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. The music really heightens everything. Thank you. So something I really have been itching to get to is your short film bed, which I caught 
um, during its run. I really yeah. liked it. Um, would you both say that there's a chance that Alone With You evolved out of that project? Are they completely different entities? Are they in the same realm? I mean, both, really. I think yeah. they were... I mean, Bed Bed was shot... So we shot two short films before we shot Alone With You. Um, we shot one of Justin's shorts that he wrote and directed called Pains, um, which will be on Alter uh, in March. Cool. Um, and then Bed will hit Alter in February... I think February 10th. So Bed... We shot Bed right before we shot Alone With You. Mm-hmm. And I think it... Honestly, it kind of helped me prepare emotionally um <laughs> to work in a lo- uh, on alone with you because you know Justin and I we're we're partners and we've worked on films together but they they haven't been that emotional they've been more just kind of learning each other really and yeah. um bed you know bed bed was an important story for me and it's it's a different kind of story and uh, I I don't know if you can hear our cat purring <laughs> in the background <laughs> I can't but I celebrate that that's that's Barker, by the way. The, the oh my part. gosh! The star. The, no offense. The true star. Yes. I mean, yes. Let's let's give it up. <laughs> Barker Brooks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but Bed. Uh, honestly, it it surprised me because I, I started developing Bed. Um, the idea that um, in lockdown, and then I, I wanted to tell this kind of absurdist. It, it starts in a bit of an absurd way, and yeah. then builds into a very um, emotional place. That, that was really important to me to kind of find out far was I willing to go emotionally working with my partner because it's interesting to be in a relationship with someone and still collaborate. Like they're, they can be different things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Sometimes they should be different. And sometimes they mm-hmm. absolutely should be. And part of me was like, oh, I wonder if I can go here with this, with him. I wonder if I can, if that fits in this diet. And it did. And I, it just, it was such a great working experience and he I mean Justin dances with me when I'm on camera it really is a dance and it it just honestly proved to me that we we could you know really go through some shit together and that was mm-hmm. awesome to yeah, find out bed was fun because bed kind of came from Emily and I have been playing with shorts here and there and and we wanted to um we wanted to give ourselves a challenge and, and we talked about it. I was, and I've, I've egged her on to Emily writes such worlds and, and such deep characters and these stories that like, that have so many places. And so they, they go into so many emotional places. They're amazing. But um, we wanted to like really give ourselves the, the trick of like, let's distill it down to a very simple scenario um, and a small, like a short, short film mm-hmm. and yeah. see what we can do within these confines. And, and both of us made our films within those. Emily, uh, Bed is entirely written, directed by Emily. I shot the film, but it is, mm-hmm. it's her story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, it's funny. It's actually, and I, I know you haven't, probably seen pains because i actually Mm -hmm. didn't send pains to um anywhere until it'll be on altar but they're two exceptionally different films and they're actually fun to watch with the understanding of their we're two very different filmmakers separately Mm -hmm. that make an entirely different film together than i think we would 
um, separately. Like I think both of our aesthetics inform the films we do together for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But but they're not like I don't think either of us would have made alone with you as it is uh, separate. Like it mm-hmm. would be if Emily went off and did alone with you, it would be a very different film than if if I had gone off and done it. And that's the fun when we come together is we get to see something entirely new and mm. um and still have our own our own voices i mean bed is is such a that is such a fun film because emily took a real uh solid choice in the voice of that film like mm-hmm. she made such a decision on how like it's it's um absurd nature of everything yeah mm-hmm. i I watched a lot of um, Yorgos Lanthimos, like Dog uh, Tooth. And I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is my oh, favorite. Um, it's my favorite also, too. But also the favorite. Um, <laughs> and, um, yep. I, I just love his work and I love his approach with actors. It's so odd. It's so strange. But it, but I, that wasn't yeah. unfamiliar to me because I, I had done absurdist theater in London. I had mm-hmm. done, you know, I studied Ionesco and, um, you know, and Howard Barker, the great Howard Barker has a bit of absurdism in his place too. I just wanted to attack it from like, you know, what does this feel like? Cause everybody, I don't want to spoil the short, you know, cause it'll come out on altar, but like the yeah. experience that this character is going through is, you know, it, it is absurd. She is afraid of a physical object in her house, the bed. And, um, that, it, you know, if, if, if your friend told you that they were afraid of their bed, you'd be like, well, you need to see a therapist probably <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it seems absurd until you understand. And so I, I really wanted to approach it from that kind of acting, filmmaking, absurdism, and then build towards something that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a pivot. But Emily, I was wondering, could you give me a logline for our audience for Alone With You? And like, what is Alone With You about for someone that may not know? Alone with You is a nightmarish love story about a woman who is preparing a romantic evening with the woman that she loves and is confronted by the horrors of her past, her present, and ultimately of herself. Um, I I think that's... I really liked it. Um, (laughs) Justin, I was wondering, could you also... Give me your own logline for this film. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, <laughs> you didn't that's, get away. I know. You're no. one, Sorry. I always get to scoop this off to Emily. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I would say uh, Alone With You is a story of a woman excited for a anniversary night with her lover um, that suddenly has to come to grips with uh, a ghostly presence that isolates her in far more ways than than one. Oh my god! Why am I so scared right now? Because I'm 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 gay and I live alone. And then you made me watch this movie. Oh, no. um, yeah. And so speaking of that, I was really affected in a good way by this having such a mm, impactful queer storyline. As a mm-hmm. queer horror fan, you'd think in 2022 I'd have. M- more chances to see right. queer yeah. leads and I and I don't. So yeah. I was wondering where did the decision to make Charlie a queer woman come from? Cause I'm really happy that you did. 
I'm, it was a, it was a, I mean, there's, there is a very practical side of it. And then there's the story side of it, I think. Well, okay. yeah, the, the more, I mean, honestly, artistic and side of it is that we wanted this, this film to be entirely female. We, we wanted mm-hmm. every single voice in this film, spoken voice is female. Yeah, that has um, to be, and there's a distinctive reason that that had to be there exactly sure. and not okay. to spoil anything but yeah. you know it, it this is a female film every mm-hmm. character in this film aside from you know a, a man that you see you never hear yeah. but um uh, it's entirely female and and that was incredibly important this is a very feminine film this mm-hmm. is um a, a film about relationships amongst women and all different kinds of relationships. We have the mother daughter, we have the, the lover relationship. We have the, the friend, you know, that, that is that we further developed and, and you only see kind of a glimpse into Charlie and Thea's friendship, but that was developed even further as well. And um, there's yeah, also, and- there, there's, this is a film about isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. is a huge portion of this, both, internally and i mean practically she is she is uh isolated away from from the people that she loves but uh in in that that story of isolation i think that there is something in that um that isolation is is very different for a queer couple than it would be Mm. for a straight couple i mean there is most certainly the story told in the relationship with uh Charlie and her mother, there's that those microaggressions and those pushes that a, um, a, a, a frankly a, a straight person doesn't have to deal with on day to day, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not overt; yeah. it's not in your face, and that's why a lot of people don't understand it. But it's something that isolates. It's something that pushes. It's insidious. Them to the corner, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and that was being a story about isolation. We wanted that to be told throughout, uh, you know, both body and soul. And, and I think that's something that, that really creates the character that we wanted to run through this story. It was a really strong choice. It it really, I don't know, as a queer fan, it really mm, brought me into it even further. I love that you brought up the character. Um, am I saying it right? Thea played by Dora Madison. Yeah. I know this film is going to get a lot of attention for some of the on like on screen roles from uh-huh. Barbara Crampton specifically because of course what an icon and she's terrifying in this film but yeah. I was really really drawn to the to the moments with Thea on the on right. the phone she was <laughs> hilarious what does she say she has one of my favorite lines in the film which is I'll smile when you die I don't know who came up with that that made me laugh a lot Yes, that's actually a reference. Justin wrote that. That's actually a reference to another short film that I wrote and directed yeah. called Smile for Me. Okay. Um, where a, a guy follows a girl down uh, an alley and basically is like, hey, baby, why don't you smile for me? And he pays for it. He pays for it. Yeah. And um, and basically Oof. Justin was just like, let's give her that line. And so that's one of our favorite lines too. It's like an inside joke for us. Oh, I didn't even know. But yeah. it made me laugh and laugh. I'm and so I need, glad. Yeah. And I needed a laugh part way through this film. No offense, She's, I needed it. She I is was... that. She is that's her purpose, and she plays it so well. She's... Well, we were on the festival circuit, and honestly, we you know we we've seen the film so many times. Like this mm-hmm. film is us. This is our DNA. We can't hide this. This is all us. But so we can't watch it every single night. Um, but 
but on the festival circuit, we basically, um, we realized that once we, um, once we hit Thea's first conversation and she's like, girl, get to the bar. Like <laughs> once we got to that place and Charlie actually talks to her on the phone, like every single night, the audience would laugh and we would be like, okay, thank God. And we could go get a cup of coffee or something <laughs> because we, yes. we had yes. to listen because it's such a quiet film in places, but we needed to know if we got them. And, yeah. and they, every single time they would laugh with Dora's performance. Um, and the minute like, we hear, yeah, we the minute them. we heard that laugh, it was like, we got to take the world off our shoulders. It, it, <sighs> it meant like they were there they were watching it and they were engaged, you know, because that mm -hmm. like, so honestly, Dora's performance is such a godsend every time we watch this with an audience, <laughs> because that's the one, if, if they, if, it, if that goes past and we don't hear anything, we're like, mm -hmm. oh shit, this is going to be a long ride. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, and I, and mm -hmm. I have to jump in too, because um, our DVD is coming out. Um, I think it's going to be available February 8th, for mm -hmm. sure in stores February 22nd. Um, but on that, we have BTS and bloopers and Dora. Oh, we let goes. her improv. <laughs> oh my God. Like there are vodka popsicles at some point. <laughs> There is like way more yelling at the guys in the butt. Like it's <laughs> hilarious. So if for nothing else, like get the DVD to like watch Dora Madison just work. She's incredible. Oh, I will. And Dora Madison of Friday Night Lights fame. Of course, Yay. I clocked. I know. Um, so, so that was cool. And just like with Barbara Crampton, these characters have levity and are interesting. And then by the end, become some of the scariest moments in this film. Yeah. And thank you for that, because I like a good scare. So how did Barbara Crampton become involved in the project? We had our our casting director, David. Uh, David, yes, mm -hmm. fantastic, and and he's actually working with us on another project we've had going on. But uh, we were doing this film. Reached out to him. He he really loved it, and he wanted to help. And he brought us. Um, the name Barbara Crampton. And of course, anybody that has mm -hmm. ever enjoyed any horror, anything knows who Barbara Crampton is. And, and we were so, it, I mean, this was such a small film. We were like, sure, David. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sure. You go and do that. Like that's possible. And, mm -hmm. uh, and he sent her the script and she really responded to it. She, she really loved that first conversation between Charlie and her mother. And, and yeah. that, you know, when David came back and he said, yeah, Barbara really wants to get on the phone with you. And we were just absolute <laughs> blown away. Like that it was, and, oh, it was and such a joy. And she, she's so kind. And so it was so um, easy. And it was yeah. so great to hear from someone like her with such a pedigree and such mm -hmm. you know, in, in incredible work behind her. She does the work. There are actors who just show up and they're them. She does the work oh, absolutely. And, and she yeah. showed up and she was, she really appreciated how we wrote that scene. She was like, it's not, you know, this character isn't just a pure villain. There is yeah. nuance here. And that's oh, yeah. what drew her in. It's not this cliche character. It is this deep part of Charlie's life. She, she has her own life and she, you know, it, it was really fascinating to work with Barbara on that. And, um, and she was a, she was a rock star. Like yeah, we, we sent her a camera, yeah. she set up everything, hair and makeup. And we, she, uh, she was so, and, and honestly, even in her, like in our conversations about the character, what, what, what kind of like locked us in right away is just the fact that 
Barbara had something to say about the character. Like she had ideas. She, she had really thought about it and brought herself to it. And that was just such a, uh, a wonderful thing to hear from somebody that we have enjoyed for so long that she, she was being very thoughtful towards the project as she is all her projects. And, um, uh, that was just, it was, it was such a fun, um, move forward from that first conversation because she's so easy to talk to. She's so easy to work with. Mm. She's such a professional. And from the moment we got past the, like, Ooh, it's Barbara Jitters. It was <laughs> right into just wonderful working mm-hmm. relationships. It was, it, she's just, I cannot, um, go on and on enough about Barbara Crampton. I will work yeah. with her every opportunity I get. You know, you, it's such a c- celeb name that sometimes I forget that she's an excellent actor and she gives an excellent performance. She really does. In this. I'm really fascinated about what your festival tour was like. You had a Fantastic Fest premiere, which is like, can it get any bigger than that? But this was during the pandemic. So I'm just wondering, what were some of the highlights and what were some of the more like um, strange elements of a pandemic festival tour? Well, we... I mean, we were really fortunate because this is pre-Omicron. This Mm -hmm. this is kind of when people were poking their heads out of the soil a little. They were Mm -hmm. just like, oh, can we go out? And honestly, we didn't know Fantastic Fest was going to be in person. That was like on a razor's edge for a minute. And then it happened and we showed up and it was our first time there. Um, And it was it's incredible. Are you kidding? Like the Alamo <laughs> Draft House is like my favorite place to go. Like we have a place in Brooklyn and like I, I make sure to that live was our within. First date. Yeah, that was our first oh. date. It's like walking distance from anywhere we live in Brooklyn because it's my favorite <laughs> movie theater. And um, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was a dream. And the audience was just so kind and so I mean, the audience at Fantastic Fest, they're into weird, fun stuff. Like, they are, they're game, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're the young indie filmmakers. And so they were just really supportive and, and enthusiastic and, you know, tons of huge titles there. So we, we felt a little like, just, okay, we're, we're like starting out. I have to say though, Telluride Horror Show Mm. showed up. That is a festival Mm -hmm. to go to. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, if you haven't gone, tell your ride was uh, that's one of my favorites. I loved every I, the one nice thing about the fact that we were kind of in this gray area of covid. Like it, we mm-hmm. people were thought we thought we had beat it, you know. Yeah. Us. yeah. But uh right. um we at least got to go and see our film in the theater, which is something I was what a so gift. like such a gift. And I yeah. know so many filmmakers now with Omicron kind of spreading again and um, they don't get that. And that breaks my heart. But one thing that, that was interesting is people kept on telling us like, oh, I mean, usually this is so big and there's all these huge parties and all this huge stuff. And I'm something of a wallflower to begin with. So mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed that. It was a little more intimate. Yeah. Um, I, it was a little easier to kind of chat with everybody and, and feel we made good friends. Yeah. We got mm-hmm. to meet some wonderful filmmakers, filmmakers that I've enjoyed for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, you had Simon Barrett on, on your show. We were, yeah. uh, we, had the pleasure I've, of meeting him. I've like, loved cool. his work for so long, and we and we got to be because it was such a small, intimate kind of situation. 
we actually got to get to know people and, and make friends. And um, so that part of it was so, so wonderful. And that's also in um, Telluride. That was one of my favorite things is just Telluride is this little town. You're in the middle of it. So the filmmakers are right there next to all the people watching the films. So you get to meet everyone and talk to everybody about your movie or the movies that they love. And it was so much fun. It's just, I I mean, we're, we're, we love horror films. So it it was honestly (laughs) such a gift and, and Salem was incredible. Like Kay is just phenomenal. So that's where I saw your film. I was trying to pinpoint where it was. It must've been Salem. Was Salem or bed? Did you have bed in Salem? Yes, also, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely where I saw bed. Good to say that was amazing. So wonderful. And she is a powerhouse uh, running oh. that, that, that the entire festival. Thing on her own. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it's the best. And, it's um, the best. Yeah. yeah. I just, I couldn't be happier with our festival run. We, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to. And then Scream Fest, which was awesome yeah, too. Scre- we to got, oh, yeah. Theater, like, we hit all oh, the ones. LA. They hit. It was pretty great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's so exciting. And yeah. I'm really happy that you guys managed to squ- kind of squeeze in there because I, I, I'm happy you got to see it in a theater. Although out of all the films in the in the festival world that would have really shined in like a digital platform, it would have been this guy. So <laughs> thank you. Still. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully it finds that new life in this next, you know, it, it's going yeah, it's out to the world yeah. pretty yeah. soon. So that's terrifying in and of itself but hopefully (laughs) people watch it at home and look look behind them (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sure they will and you guys have you know the the biggest baddest names in horror supporting you with uh dark star and raven banner like this is gonna be huge yeah yeah. we're so like we're pinching ourselves we're we're so grateful for all of it and they've been incredible partners well it's just started can you remind us when um we're gonna be able to see Alone for you. Oh, no, alone with you. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so we're playing select cinemas uh, around uh, the U.S. February 4th and February 5th. And uh, then the film will be out on all major VOD platforms, uh, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Dish, Roku, uh, February 8th. Um, and you should be able to get the DVD I think you can order the DVD February 8th as well. Um, and then it will hit shelves February 22nd. Do you have one yet? No. We don't. We just approved <laughs> oh. the art and it looks great. It's... Oh, I can't wait for you guys to get that. That's going to be wild. Do you have any physical copies of the stuff that you've worked on yet? Or is this going to be the first one? We don't have... Um, I think this is the first one. The first one we've worked on together. I have a very old movie I shot oh, many, right. many years ago. And cool. I have like all the records I used to uh, play on mm-hmm. uh, during my music days, but this will be the first time we get to hold our film. Yeah. yeah. I love that for you both. Right. I, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. I'm wondering um, where can this audience find you on the internet? If you so wish to be found, um, Emily, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Emily R. Bennett. Um, E-M-I-L-Y-R-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Um, and then I also have a website with uh, a lot of my short films on it, emilyreneebennett.com. Awesome. And Justin, what about you? I'm a J. Brooks film on just about everything. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, and my website is jbrooksfilm.com. So. Awesome. And you'll be able to find them plastered on the Dread Central feed today. They're easy to find. And I'm just curious, Justin, 
if we wanted to find some of this music from your from your buried past, could we do that on the internet? You can, you can, yeah. I uh, <laughs> uh, my bands were uh, two bands. I played in a horror punk band cool. back in the day called Bad Ash. I love it. And that. then um, a band uh, called Ashers, which is both uh, punk, like punk um, rock. Uh, what's the ash come from? Uh, so it, coincidentally, both of my bands have ash in it. Yeah. That was weird. Uh, oh, Bad, ash, uh, Bad Ash was my band. I started when I was much younger. <laughs> and okay, cool. That, that was my first touring band, and that was purely based off of Evil Dead. Good I Ash was hoping Bad. that that was the answer. So. Yeah, yeah. That Every um, so that <laughs> was a. You can tell my love for horror in that band is most <laughs> of the songs are. Uh, all, I mean, there's a song called creepy, a song called I killed my ex-girlfriend with a chainsaw. There's, yeah. So there's multiple horror. He did. (laughs) And um, the other band Asher's was it, it, um, so my singer, uh, has another much larger band, a band called the unseen. And, um, he had him and I, uh, and a group of guys had started Asher's. Asher's, I think the name was based off, there was a group in New York who used to have counseling sessions where they would sit around with one another and talk about how they would commit suicide if they Whoa. did it. And they had called themselves the Asher's. And that was kind of their therapy to get past that as they would talk about how they'd do it. My and gosh. so that's where that, yeah. It's- I'm going to green light that Showtime series. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like um, yeah, so that yeah, was- yeah, right after Yellow Jacket. Um, I want to thank you both so much for chatting with me today. This was super fun. I say that all the time, but I really mean it today. Thank you. Awesome. I cannot wait for this film to hit the world. It's going to make such a splash, and I can't wait to see what you guys are up to next. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course. Yes. So thank excited. you so much, Josh. The pleasure talking yeah, to you. Yeah, this was so fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.